Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. is Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're with you until noon, and glad you're spending some of that uh, period of time here with us today as we talk sports with you. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. Bottom of the hour, Pete Futek from College Football News will join us. Uh, we will, well, Pete's... College football, so why wouldn't we talk about anything else? It'll be college football with Pete Futak at the bottom of the hour. Mitch Holtis in his normal spot today at 10.50. We will get into the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got a short week with a game coming up on Friday. They go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals today. He is going to opine on the sixth-round rookie from Tennessee, Trey Smith, who has already assumed a role uh, on that offensive, that newly revamped offensive line for the Chiefs. He is starting a sixth-round pick, and very early in camp, he opens some eyes and finds himself, uh, his name anyways, on the top of the depth chart. So Mitch Holtis at 1050 has got some Trey Smith sound. At 1120, our final guest of the program will be uh, our friend Michael Swain. From CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Uh, I know that Swain's been up in Ames. There's been a couple of opportunities to interview some assistant coaches. Broomfeld, who's got the safeties. One other. Uh, what We'll do all things Iowa State at 1120 with Michael Swain. Trent Condi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. well. A lot of baseball last night, digging into the AP Top 25, and we find out already, Field of Dreams game is back, and the Cubs will be involved. Yeah, they made a mistake. I think we'll look back at it and wish, you know what, should have should have quit after the first one. We'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Certainly I'm a lot. Um, but this, I want to go. You do want to go? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, not to this one. When right. the Twins are there. When the Twins are there. That's the experience that I want to have. Mm-hmm. I want to have my team there. Mm-hmm. I want to be involved in that one. And at that point... Hopefully, I'm not paying fifteen hundred bucks for a ticket no. to get in the building. Yeah, it'll be well. Look, at the Cubs fans will travel. Although mm-hmm. I would like to believe that they're going to upgrade the roster from what we're seeing now. Look, it's it's a tough watch. It, 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 it was twelve nothing uh, at one point in the game last night. Two nothing, four nothing. It's not that Justin Steele was bad. He wasn't. Uh, I mean, he got himself. He was in trouble, but found a way to get out of it. Gave up uh, a home run. The second one was not uh, a pitch that he threw. But this is what it is from now until the first weekend in October. It's trying to find some some youth that will plug uh, into that roster and see if they're going to have a spot or be able to fight for a spot when uh, they get to spring training next year. But this better not be the Cubs team that shows up uh, in Dyersville to take on the Reds. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean, I, it was special, the first one. Right. Will this one come close to it? It won't. I, I don't think it will. I don't think it'll be anywhere close. The novelty, I don't know. I just think that they'll look back and say, you know what? Maybe we should have tapped the brakes a little bit and done this every five years or whatever. 
Make it like the Olympics. Yeah, every that's four. A, you know what? That's good too. Put it on Olympic yeah, schedule, right? And that's when you get it. What are you going to do in between? And there's money to be made. Yeah, that's true. And ultimately, that's true. That's the reality of and this. And you know what? I'm glad you brought up that aspect because I'm sitting here, you know, killing the uh, killing the event, and it's really good for those people in those communities. You know, Dyersville, mm-hmm. Dubuque, etc. They saw a big uptick in the economy for the three or four days that uh, that baseball was in town, and for that reason, um, you know. I don't want to poo-poo it the way that I am because those people, and they get to fill some hotels and some bars and restaurants and all the trickle-down uh, that comes along with it. So Field of Dreams is going to be back. What else? The White Sox last night, uh, that was the game I focused primarily on. Uh, it was good to see the back end of the bullpen again. Now, Kimbrell got, a, got in a little bit of trouble. He hit a guy, uh, gave up a double, runners on second and third, but ended up striking out the side. And Liam Hendricks, who's not been good. Uh, over the last, through going back a little bit before the Field of Dreams game, he looked like he Liam Hendricks for the first time in a while. And you know what else about that game? And this is not a knock on Jason Benetti, who we both love. Mm-hmm. I just the, the Len Casper is just you don't get enough of him, right? And I didn't even watch Len because I was on ESPN. Oh, the game was on ESPN and it wasn't blacked out. Oh, I didn't even know that. Right. So I was over there, and that's okay. where I was watching it. So, yeah, you mentioned Casper, and I'm like, and I was kind of disappointed when he said, oh. Yeah. Him and Stone did the game. It's a good listen. Yeah. But Eddie and Stone are a good listen. They are. But, uh, but Lane Casper's, um, you know, so he, he does a nice job. So. Speaking of that, yep. last night, MLB Network had West Coast games on, mm-hmm. and I was on the Giants Mets game. And there's something about John Miller. Not, yeah, not, not our John Miller. Yeah, not the John Miller. There's from something here. about him, sure, too. sure. But the John Miller that four years did Sunday night baseball. Yeah, and yeah. listening to him do a Giants game, mm-hmm. and the Mets had a hit as I was watching, and I think tied it up at two. Mm-hmm. And it's still the excitement in his voice, even in this Mets. Is, he's just so good. But how old he is now? Gotta be in the seventies, mid seventies. I think, yeah, something like that. Him he, and Joe Morgan were good, and I know Joe Morgan was he was more popular than a Rod. Yes, but there was a website devoted to how much he sucked. Was there really? There was, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, there was a Joe Morgan so, website, <laughs> funny. and it came up all the time about him. Yeah. 69 for That's John That's all. Miller. Okay, good. Thought he was a little older. I did, too. But I he, thought he is was a little older. excellent. Yep. AD, probably happy last night that he was able to see his team. Chris Bryant had a couple of home runs, right, yeah. in, the, in the baseball game? Fun game. Yeah, watched was a lot it? of that. Ton of baseball. Maybe as much baseball as I've watched in a real long time. Kind of going through in a you lot know, of different places. I wish places. I would have tuned it on because you know what I've found myself doing more and more. I, I kind of feel like you. Um, I get on the app. Oh really? Bet Rivers, DraftKings. I bet the Buffalo Bills yesterday. <laughs> a future? Yes. Win total? No. Division? To win the Super Bowl? Oh, to win the Super? To Bowl. To win the Super Bowl? What kind of price you get on the? Well, Bills? it was it was twelve to one, but. I don't get the boost thing. I mean, I'm glad. It was the first boost I participated in. Every time I log on, it's, you want a boost? You want a boost? Yeah, I want a boost. <laughs> well, now I know that I do want a boost when it gives me that opportunity. So I, I now have them at 15 to 1. Wow. I that... think they can, Trent, they're going to be a tough out. Yes, they are. I think they're going to be a really tough out. The Chiefs, it's tough to get back to the Super Bowl three years in a row. It is. That's what we're asking this team. I love the Browns roster. Yeah. I don't love the quarterback. I know. That's the big question mark there, right? Because uh, they got some dudes. What about Baltimore? It. It's still the Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, right? And it's still Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and he's a witch. Mm-hmm. This is a good football team. They they never really had their. Did they have their down period? You know, when Lewis and all those, all the, that good team. Um, 
question. They probably had a couple of bad years, but they've been good for a decent period. So the Steelers, but I think the Steelers are going to come back to the pack. So, so since we're on the NFL, the news from the NFL this morning, uh, Tim Tebow was released by Jacksonville. Trent, I don't understand the hate. You don't. I, I do. don't get the hate. Why, why do, why do, and I was going to say we hate him. I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, he won a playoff game for your team, though, too. Well, Marius Thomas did. <laughs> Tim Tebow threw the ball eight yards, and DT took it the last 70. <laughs> but they won a playoff yeah, game with him did. as Against the, the Steelers. It was amazing. It was amazing. It's a story that, in its own right, is re- remarkable. Mm-hmm. A, a young man, well, a baby that many people didn't think was going to be born and, and then developed into this. It's just the cult of personality with him, mm-hmm. I think, more than anything, that it is jammed down your throat. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow this, Tim Tebow that. But is that his fault? Yes. It is. Yes. Because he could be out of the spotlight. But, could, but why should he have to be? No, he shouldn't have to be. No. He doesn't have to absolutely say anything about the way that he is covered and the way that he is portrayed. Yeah. That's great. You and didn't like the baseball experiment? Not at all. He no, didn't. Yeah, he did that. Because anybody else is not getting that opportunity. No, but at the same time, he filled some buildings, and they and they took advantage of him. I mean, they, the Mets, and and the and the minor league system. I don't want to say exploited, but it was a it was a it was a two way street. The relationship worked both ways. He got his opportunity to build his brand at the same time. The Mets were, you know, where where did he play? It was in Port St. Louis, where they. I don't know what level he was at. Yeah. He was at AAA for a long time. Um, but regardless, people bought tickets to see him and maybe merchandise to, to, to of his. So, I mean, they won a Heisman. I don't think he's had – has he had a misstep in his life? Oh, no, in terms of off-the-field right. kind of thing? I, I don't think so. Very religious person to yeah. each their own. And it has right? nothing to do with that. Yeah. I'm Christian myself. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with religion. And it's so many people point to that and the reason that people dislike him. No, that's not the reason at mm-hmm. all. They're just something that is, to me – He's genuine. Yeah. And, and there's so many people you can see through. Right. And they're not genuine. Right. It's not that it, it is very difficult to put my finger on why right. I don't like him. We just hate him. But I just don't like him. Yeah. I just, it's uh, too much for a guy that was a great college player. He was phenomenal. But you know yes. what? Ty Detmer was a great college yeah, player. Yeah, there's lots of them. I don't disagree. Rashawn Salam was a great college mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And yet you were not continually, just nonstop, mm-hmm. Tebow this, Tebow yeah. that. And I hate the conversations in training camp as he was still making his way through and going to the Patriots. And it was about Tebow. And here yep. in Jacksonville, it's about Tebow, a tight end that can't But block. you know what? I think I think that there was something behind this. And, and I remember saying it um, when he signed. It was a deflection from the number one pick. Nobody's talking about Lawrence. Yeah. You know, and this is the number one pick, and all eyes would be on the number one overall pick going to a place that's had terrible football, but we're talking about the tight end. Right. We're not talking about the rookie quarterback, the first overall. Now we are, mm-hmm. you know, because Tebow is gone. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. He's as good a college quarterback as I've ever seen. He really was. Um, just won a Heisman, probably should have won a couple of them. Uh, but won one of them, what, two national championships? Two national championships? Yeah. Uh, him and Chris Leak splitting time. He was Chris Leak, wasn't he? Was, he? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, early, could have been Hawkeye. Almost. Um, him and Tommy Zibikowski. Is that the other one? I remember that name. Yes. But, yeah, it's just, it's the media, I guess. Maybe we build him up to knock him down, and this is another example of that. And, and there's certainly Twitter knocking him down here. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, the block's... Yeah, he just wasn't. He's never played the position in his life. 
I, if I had to, you know, criti- be critical of of him, I can't on the baseball, but the, trying to have played the tight. And he's a big dude. I mean, he's he a big yeah. boy. But you know, he just it, it was embarrassing. The the two, the back to back plays when he was asked to block. And the first one that went viral, that's not the worst one. It's the very next play right, yeah. when he gets turned around and, and ragdolled uh, by the left defensive end coming off the end and just moving him out of the way. But anyways. The How Chibo long do you Carrizo, give Urban in Jacksonville? Is this going to work? Is he going to get them to the playoffs? Yes. Not, obviously not this year. No, no, no. Yes. You're, th- you're a believer in Urban at the I'm professional level. I'm a believer level. in Trevor Lawrence. And if you've got mm-hmm. a quarterback, a quarterback – can do a lot of things for a lot of head coaches that are over the tips of their skis. As 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 I said when before he took the job, I I was hoping he didn't. I loved watching right. him on Fox. Those Big Ten vignettes that they did throughout the season, that they put up on the Big Ten Network Twitter feed, mm-hmm. breaking down or, or pre, they were as good as gold. I mean that to me that was as a college football junkie that was I, I couldn't wait for them to be posted. So I kind of hope he fails and goes back to that. But they've got some receiving talent. Can they build up the roster? And you can do it quick in the NFL. They were just in the AFC Championship game three years ago. Is that all it was? Yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yes, it does. They were in the NFC Championship very early in their existence. They Year knocked two. off the Broncos. Year two. Right. The, the, 1996. Yes. I had tickets to the Super Bowl thinking I was going to see Denver. And they would win the next two years, but Jacksonville came into Denver with Mark Brunel and upset them. And then they played the Patriots mm-hmm. in a game I think was a fog bowl, if memory serves. Okay. And the Patriots would uh, would would win and take on the Packers, and Brett Favre would get his Super Bowl. Um, Desmond Howard, Desmond with, Howard with the kick return. Yeah, Andre Risen had a big touchdown catch in that one, and we left the game early, <laughs> as we always do. I'll never forget the feeling, though. Of the feeling of walking into a Super Bowl, because the first time I was there, Rob Luther, coach of uh, CMB, uh, was with us. Um, a feeling like I've never had in sports mm-hmm. as a sports fan. Oh my God, we're at the pinnacle, right? You know, and it was yeah. just and, and Bourbon Street the night before, and that's why New Orleans is a perfect city for any championship venue because there's only one place to congregate. Right. If you're going to the Super Bowl. The day before, the night before, you're going to be on Bourbon Street. You're not going to be spread out all over the city. Oh, it's a great city. It's a great place. It's a great, great city. I love New Orleans. It's been a long time since I've been there. I almost went to college at Tulane. You said that to me yeah. before. Yeah. Probably a good op- Probably a good choice not going there. Yeah, but what, what was it about Tulane that moved your needle? Well, I have family in Louisiana, and my great uncle was the wrestling coach at LSU mm-hmm. and still lived there after LSU disbanded their program in the early 80s, and he was a high school wrestling coach, so... Had been down there a few times, really liked the area. Went down on a trip in high school with a group of people. It was like a church trip. We went down there, fell in love with the campus, loved it. Yeah. Then I saw out-of-state tuition. A little too I knew what I was doing it basically myself. Yeah. <laughs> Price tag's a little too much for it. So because you have, is that, is that where you found your love for swamp people? Yeah. Shoot them. <laughs> that, that, uh, I was making our way through on that trip. We stopped to help out at a church. And uh, on our way there, we stopped at a fast food restaurant. Oh, it was Taco Bell. And I ordered my two taco meal. Mm-hmm. And the lady asked me, hot sauce. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> ma- ma- ma'am, I don't want any hot sauce. I just, just meat, cheese, and lettuce. That's all. I- no, hot sauce. And I, I look, and finally my buddy kind of hits me in the back. And says, 
She's asking if you want hard or soft shell tacos. Oh, hard. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, it's it's it's, it's a different world. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, coming up on Thursday, we're going to promote the hell out of this because I'm excited for uh, for this guest. It's uh, it's an incredible success story. If you like uh, guys that really started at the bottom and worked their way up, you're going to love Derek Stevens, who owns the Circa. Uh, and he's going to join Trent and I um, on Thursday at 1130, I believe. Mm-hmm. Look, we broadcast from the Circa when we were in Vegas, was about three weeks ago, four yep. weeks ago now, when we were out there. We did one morning at the South Point, which is great in and of itself. But seeing the sports book at the Circa is, and if you, you know, you're into sports wagering, I know some of you are, I know some of you aren't. Um, we talk about a lot on this show, so <laughs> forewarned. It's it, it, he's an amazing story. I mean, this guy just came from basically worked his way up and kept investing and um, got to Vegas, fell in love with it. I get how that can happen as a young man, mm-hmm. and now owns multiple properties, in, including as um, popular uh, is on the come um, venue in the entire city. I mean, I mean, I get. I know it's not on the strip, mm-hmm. but he has single handedly. What he's doing for downtown Las Vegas should not be overlooked. Revitalized. And Without for a doubt. Cyclone fans that are heading out there here in, well, about a month now, mm-hmm. it is 21 over, which I think is a good thing to have that. When you get a little older, you don't want the 18-year-old knuckleheads around. Yeah. And you're going to have an experience, and that's what it is. If you're a sports gambler, Ugh. I took videos and I put them up on our Twitter page when we were out there. It doesn't do it justice. You just... You can't explain until you mm-hmm. see. You can see pictures. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the pool area. You just you stadium can't, swim. You can't explain it until you see it. Cyclone fans, if you're a sports wager, if you're looking to do something, maybe with the wife, want to go out to the pool for a day. Mm-hmm. There is not a better experience than what you can have there. And like I said, it's just it's indescribable how incredible that place is. You're a gambler. You're betting on sports. That's where you want to be watching the game. The stadium seating oh. that they have, the monster TVs. Even looking at it from above it's, before you go down to the stadium seating. It's absolutely it is. incredible. It is. I've been to all of them. I've been to all of them. And, and this is, I mean, it's so, it's so much further ahead than any of them, Trent. And people told Derek Stevens when he was building this sports book, that's not where the money is anymore. Why, no. why are you building this thing? Right. And they're right. The people that told him that were right. Right. Because the hold, you're you're trying to hold 5%. You're giddy. 2% is okay. But that's where the margins are. Mm-hmm. And for, the, for month to month, you're going to be somewhere between 2 and 5. Yes, you're going to have some, you know, some out of the norms where, I mean, we've seen some spectacular months here for the properties when yeah. they're holding 9, 10%. Which is which, huge. Absolutely. And it's unheard of. But those people that were warning him are right. But there's more than just I me. Mean, he's got he's got everything. He does. It's a full blown casino, folks, with the, with the most luxurious, over the top sports viewing opportunity than you're ever going to find. So Thursday at eleven thirty, Derek Stevens is going to join us. Um, they're coming to Iowa, as you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be part of the Wild Rose family. With DraftKings, with Bet Rivers, Circa is going to join the fray. We think sometime in the month of September they had hoped to be up and running um, in time for football. In fact, there was a big event coming up in next weekend mm-hmm. that they had to, uh, uh, you know, um, cancel or postpone. I guess it's not cancel because there will be events when they get here, but. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty unique. And look, college football starts at nine o'clock on Saturdays. So if you're going to the Cyclone game and you're up in Adam, get an Uber and, and and head downtown and just check it out. You'll be glad that you did. The downtown experience is fun too. It, at night, it's a blast. It is. You got the zip liners going mm-hmm. through. Get you on a zip the line. The lights, no. <laughs> no, not, not your scene? No. I, I did that the last time before we were out there uh, a couple of weeks ago. I done, did that. It was a lot of fun. It was really, yeah. really cool. And just there's so many things. There's so many things to see. I just watch people. Yes. I find, I, I find a spot not far from the Stella Tap mm-hmm. and just kind of camp there. Just watch. And just watch the people. It's amazing. Different world. It's a different world. Speaking of a different world, and we don't know the answer to this question, and I know a lot of Cyclone fans have been asking this question since the Raiders made it known that they are going to require vaccinations to attend a Raiders game. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you this. The app that you have to use is something called Clear. When I was out there in May... I went to a Golden Knights game. They have been playing Colorado, but the, the, the you know the opponent, regardless. In order to get into the Golden Knight games in May, I had to sign up for the app that's it's called Clear. I still have it on my phone right here. Oh, okay, and I the, look at if you've listened to this show for any period of time. You know the technology is not my friend, right? I embarrass myself with my naivete and my lack of technology skills. Honestly, this isn't a stretch. That For the longest time, I couldn't figure out how to put gas in my car. (laughs) And, And technology is... I've been this way, but I downloaded Clear, and I could do it. So you're saying it's simple. It's simple. And it's and you have your phone in your hand, you walk up, and your tickets in all likelihood might be on there, or yep. you may have actual tickets. We didn't. Um, you show them your clear app, you show them your ticket. It takes no, I mean, it's no longer. But that's the requirement to get in. Now we're starting to see some professional sports team. I don't want to turn it into this vaccine good or not good. I believe it is. I believe you should. But I know a lot of you get your information from Facebook, and you're not, and you don't believe that. And I'm not going to try and change your mind. I'm not. But if you want to go to some of these events, you're going to be required to be vaccinated. There's a number of a handful of professional teams in different leagues that are now requiring that. So the back to my original point, I don't know if UNLV this is an allegiance policy, I don't think. This is a Raiders policy. Will UNLV follow suit? They may. But if they do, it's a piece of cake, folks. Download the Clear app, put it on your phone, and it's as easy as one, two, three. I can do it. You can do it. You take a picture of yourself with your phone. and Anyways, it's, it's, it's honestly, I think from the time I started till the time I was done was no more than, it seemed to be five minutes, I'll say ten. Easy enough. It's easy enough, but be warned. Uh, that we again, UNLV. I don't think this is their policy. They may not have the same policy as the Raiders, but the Raiders do. Uh, we will talk more college football coming up. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Uh, will join us at 10.30. Mitch Holtis is here. More Iowa State conversation. When are we going to go on record with our picks? We've got to get Bama in here to do the conferences probably yeah. next week because we've got week zero. We do, yeah. Nebraska, Illinois, uh-huh. the big headliner here. Uh-huh. In Big Ten, Big Twelve country, so next week I guess we got to do yeah. it right. Where are you lean? Have you have, do you have a lean on Iowa and Iowa State overall record wise yet? Yes, you do. A lean, okay. 
Still want to make those kind of final T's crossed, uh-huh. I's dotted. Right. Both about the same area. Are, is that where they are? Both about the same. So eight? Eight or nine for both. Eight or nine for both. I know you bet uh, under Iowa State on our MediaCom show. What yes. was that number? Ten and a half? That was nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine that and was half nine wins. and a half. Yep. So they have to have their best season ever mm-hmm. for me to lose. And if they do, it's good for business. Yeah, so it'll be great for business. And that's They're what 10 or take. 2 or better. Yeah, that's what, that's what it would take. Yeah, that's what it would take. For you to lose your bet. Interesting. All right, Miller and Condon, 1025. Pete Futek coming up on college football. We will uh, go around the world of college football with Pete. Mitch Holtis before the 11 o'clock hour comes to an end, and then Michael Swain. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0 expenditure. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, good choice, Trent Condon. Uh, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Mitch Holt is coming up. At uh, 10 minutes before the hour in his daily segment, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs throughout the month of August, every single day uh, from training camp. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. He joins the program. He had a good lengthy piece on the uh, AP and their rankings, some of the good, some of the bad, what they got right, what they got wrong. And Pete joins us. Hello, Pete Futek. Trent and Ken in Des Moines. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Trent and Ken in Des Moines. Everything's going all right. We're, we're getting there. A couple, you know. Few days away. Now we're into, we're a couple days away from the single digits from when college football starts again. And look, compared to last year at this time, yeah. it's a whole lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. Well, uh, you, when you saw the AP uh, top twenty-five for the first time yesterday, the first thing that popped into your head was what? Ah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it, it's look, it's not. I'm old enough to remember when this thing meant everything, and. If you were one or two, like Oklahoma being two would be a big, giant, hairy deal. Because if you were one and two in the AP pool that came out, you controlled your destiny. If you went, ran out, won everything out, you would go play for the national championship, and there's nothing anybody else could do. There just was never any movement. That was in the old weird pole and bowl days. Now it's like, okay, it's an interesting snapshot, and, you know, fine. You know, I, I'm a Power 5 snob, so... Really, Cincinnati's technically the second-best Big Ten team. Okay, whatever. Uh, two Sun Belt teams, okay, whatever. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if Louisiana can beat Texas to start the season and you know, see if Coastal Carolina can keep that up. But it's, a, it, it's that and beyond anything else, look, Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, that means that the other conferences are going to have to figure out something fast. Otherwise, our college football playoff expansion is going to be six Power Five or six conference champions, and basically six other SEC programs. Hmm. So I, that's if you see what you read the tea leaves, see where Oklahoma's ranked, see where Texas is ranked. Basically, the SEC is going to gobble up most of the uh, open uh, spots in a new college football playoff, whatever that happens. Well, the news on Friday night certainly reverberated here, and that was the alliance that is being formed with the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12. What's this mean? We hear alliance, uh, they throw it around in Survivor and things. What does an alliance of these conferences mean to you, Pete? 
it means that they're trying to do everything possible to, to make everybody seem happy until the Big Ten can figure out how to get the ACC out of its possible <laughs> grant of rights media deal so they can go steal North Carolina. Uh, they're going to try to probably do something to combat the SEC without actually expanding. And I think what this is going to mean is, like I just talked about, the game kind of changed now. Because if you're talking about a college football playoff, and, you know, really not joking here, you're going to be talking about six conference champions and at least four SEC schools. You know, and so you're going to have these conferences that are going to want to do something to be like, look, let's at least be in cahoots here on how we're negotiating this thing and maybe put a cap on the number of teams per conference. Because all of a sudden, this gets sticky. And I got yelled at by friends of mine in the ESPN world for this at the time. But with ESPN putting up billions of dollars to the college football playoffs and owning the SEC network and owning the ACC network, by the way, it kind of starts to look a little eh if all of a sudden the SEC gets these awesome deals for these massive TV contracts and then ESPN certainly going to want to have their teams from their conference in a college football playoff. I don't think there's nefarious things happening here. It just looks bad. And I think that that's where the conferences are going to come together and be like, all right, enough of that. I think that they're stopping collusion. I couldn't agree with you more. They now have, uh, I think, have found a pathway to kind of clip the SEC's wings to an extent. Look, there's still the SEC. I get that. But those three conferences coming together, I think that as much as anything, they will form a roadblock and not just give ESPN and the SEC carte blanche to just take over and rule college football. Uh, and your and your example of the college football playoff were six champions and you know, six SEs won't be six, but there'll certainly be a handful of them. I think that's as much as anything is what they've accomplished here, Pete. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it could be that, man. I mean, look at if you just took the, you know, preseason rankings, you know, what, what do you got? Assuming that, you know, you're including Oklahoma and Texas now, let's say Alabama is your SEC representative. Okay, well, then Oklahoma's in, Texas, Texas A&M is in, Georgia is in, LSU is in, Florida is in, and Texas is lurking. You know, that's, that's assuming that if you're going to rank teams based on how good they are, yeah, they, they do have the best teams, and they just aren't going to want all that money. And, look, the other part of this thing is going to be weird fast, and I'm, I'm waiting to see the fallout from this. Uh, you talk about the TV contracts. I'm waiting to see just how freaked out everyone was over the Olympics. I know there were different uh, aspects to this and why it bombed so badly. You know, the lack of star power, the time change, the, the, you know, the events happening – you know, 12 hours before anybody watched them and all that. But they were taking a gamble that streaming would kick in. And the streaming service worked, but it still came at the expense of the uh, viewership going down by about at least 50% on TV ratings. And so it was just a complete disaster. So going forward, this whole idea of saying, all right, we're, we're going to expand for TV. Well, TV might not be existing like we think it does five years from now, and the TV ad revenue dollars might not be there from now. And so if you're coll- not colluding, but if you're in an alliance, let's say, of other conferences, you can kind of figure things out a little bit better to kind of avoid that because college football is such a regionalized sport. You want that ad buy to come on a nationwide basis as opposed to just being in Des Moines or in you know, Seattle or you know, in these just regionalized markets. Pete Futek, College Football News, joining us. Pete, let's jump uh, a little bit deeper and get ready for the season. When we talk to you next, there'll be games, I'm sure, already happening. But Nebraska-Illinois, Week 0 gets us started. Then a great slate of games in Week 1. 
is this more just conferences, including the Big Ten, playing conference games early, or are we finally seeing that evolution of scheduling that we're hoping for, more and more teams going out and getting some of these impact games right away? See, I'm on the opposite. I think you play a complete cream-off right away. I, with no no preseason, I don't know why on God's green earth you're playing Alabama if you're Miami. Like, I, I just doesn't make any sense. I know that the... You know, that everyone likes to schedule these things. Everyone gets excited for it. But really, Penn State and Wisconsin right out of the gate, and these are two teams that desperately could use two warm-up games after last year. And now they have to play a game that's pretty much going to decide who the second-best team in the, or maybe the third-best team is in the, uh, the Big Ten right away. I just, I am a big, I've always been a proponent. This week zero that's coming up should be all FBS versus FCS. All played on the FBS home field. Okay, it kind of counts, but it doesn't. You know, we're not going to count really in the, the overall rankings of things. And just use it as a true, you know, warm-up game. You sell out the stadium on a beautiful August day. You know, the FCS teams make money. You get your warm-up game in, and then you hit the ground. Uh, I've never been a proponent of big week one games. I kind of like the week two or three games better. I have, I'm zero to a hundred. Give me uh, inject these these games into my veins uh, early in the yeah. season. Uh, Pete Futek, call it uh, Pete. One more thing on the on the uh, alliance, and I just want to pick your brain on on what you're hearing, if anything. Of course, the one conference that wasn't involved in the alliance or hasn't, other than you know Oklahoma and Texas, haven't don't know their ultimate destiny. What are you hearing about the the eight remaining Big Twelve teams? Well, there's not a lot because the problem is who wants them. Um, it, it, like the the big, I, I don't know why the Big Twelve hasn't just quickly done everything possible to go get American Athletic teams already. Because now it's flipped. And now the American Athletic Conference has kind of grown, you know, bigger and kind of thought, hey, we're going to go after these Big Twelve teams now. But try selling that to a Power Five fan base that, hey, you're going from movies to TV. You're going from the Big Twelve to the American Athletic Conference. It just doesn't really fly. So I do think that the Big 12 not being a part of this is a little bit telling because, all right, what are the schools that could end up moving elsewhere? I think Kansas is probably the the most prime of the remaining eight to go somewhere only because it's the University of Kansas. And if you look at, like, the Big 10, you know, they, they, they only go for the big school in the state. They go for the University of Nebraska, of Maryland, you know, of you know, Rutgers is basically the University of New Jersey, as much as that can be. Uh, and Kansas fits the profile, the AAU requirement that mm-hmm. the Big Ten wants of you know funding and research and all that. And I know basketball doesn't mean anything, but it does. And then there's the factor that I think that the SEC types are forgetting about, is that Kansas sucks at football. And that's actually a positive. Because look, you don't see the SEC coaches jumping for joy getting Texas and Oklahoma. You didn't see Big Ten coaches getting all upset about getting Maryland and Rutgers. So bringing Kansas is an easy fix to get the Kansas City market, have an easy rival for Nebraska in that way. I think that's the one team that's probably more in play than any other. Pete, Iowa State ranked number seven here in the preseason. Their highest ranking ever. Not in the preseason poll, ever at number seven. This should be about this football team, unfortunately, the other part, the conference, has been a big part. But when you look at this football team, just for 2021, how big is the upside in your mind, and are there cracks that you worry about with the Cyclones? Uh, the cracks are more in the Big 12 itself. And look, it's awesome. You know, like, 
I, I don't like to get negative on anything like this and say, oh, well, they're kind of overrated. Stuff. Because, like you said, who cares? Like, it's a, it's just fun. It's the, for a program like Iowa State, which has never won an outright conference championship ever to be ranked that high, you know, that's awesome. You know, I dog the Sunbelt teams for getting ranked, but that's great. It's so cool for these schools to be ranked ahead of, you know, these superpower blue blood schools. You know, so for Iowa State, look, you've got all the pieces in place. You've got the veterans. The problem for Iowa State, though, this year is that so does everybody else in the Big 12 in terms of talent. So Kansas is the free space. But then everyone else, including Baylor, including Texas Tech, everyone else seems to have like 20-something starters of 24-year-old grown-ass men coming back. You know, so you're going to have that one, one game here or there that it's not, not every game is going to be an easy out. Like, look, Kansas State's not going to win the Big 12, but it can certainly beat Iowa State, you know, with the talent it has back. Texas Tech gets like 22 starters back, and if Tyler Shug really is uh, a first-round caliber NFL quarterback talent, that is a dangerous team, and that's not even including Texas, who really wasn't bad last year and not, now should be better, and Oklahoma, who has probably the best team yet under Lincoln Riley. So, look, it's, this is a pretty good conference, 1-9. to nine. So Iowa State's biggest fear in all this is that, yeah, they're still good, but so is everyone else. So, look, at least get to the Big 12 championship game again. That's, you know, this Oklahoma team's a monster, and if you lose to it in the Big 12 title game, all right, whatever, tip your hat. But just get back there again, I think, would be a great, great goal for this year. Yeah, to your point, K-State's knocked off Oklahoma in back-to-back years. Um, yeah. give, give me 30 seconds on this before we run out of time. Pete, um, I, don't, I take it that you're not as high on Indiana as some people are. And, of course, Indiana will see Iowa at Kinnick Stadium in Week 1. Yeah, you know, the Big Ten was bad last year. Northwestern and Indiana were the second and third best teams. It just Look, I, I like Indiana, but look, Penn State's going to be better. Michigan's going to be better. Michigan State's going to be better. It's, it's not a bad Indiana team by any stretch. Uh, I'm just not 100% sold that it is, you know, the second or even third best team in the Big Ten East. You know, we're still not quite sure if Michael Penix Jr.'s knees 100%, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have talent. At the very least, just kind of like, again, it's another team that you know, Ohio State or Michigan has to actually try to beat this year. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Later, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Pete Futek on college football. It's uh, 1045. We'll take our first uh, uh, time out here. No, it's our second. Uh, Come back with uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460, KXNO 106.100. off. Longer than I thought it, it was. Is. <laughs> Welcome back, Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Who is not messing around with this? Huh? They really aren't. They got me. Uh, let's get to Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. There it is. There we go. Uh, hello, Mitch Holtis, Trent and Ken. How are you? I am uh, right in the middle of camp practice. Here we are, baby. This is uh, in pads, full practice day today we just finished a live stream that we put up on our youtube channel and uh, excited i mean this is uh just feel some momentum going on here and so pads today tomorrow and then shells thursday before no bread fly thursday don't you yeah we fly thursday yeah. play friday short week we break camp tomorrow 
it's the annual Military Appreciation Day, which is really cool, but uh, one of the shorter practices of the year. Up here in St. Joe, this will be the last long practice in pads. Tomorrow they'll be in shells. It'll go quick. We'll have a lot of uh, military folks here. Rosecrans uh, Air Base, it's a National Guard base, but they have a lot of international air people here because uh, they train on a C-130. Phenomenal airplane, but they'll we'll have people here from all over the globe tomorrow. Well, Mitch, let's. Uh, we've been talking about this kid for some time uh, since very, very early in in our visits. Uh, uh, Trey Smith was a guy that uh, people were talking about and raving about. And how did this guy fall to the sixth round? And you told me it was an injury concern that scared some teams away to the benefit of the Kansas City Chiefs. Today, we're going to hear about him. Why don't you set it up? Well, this he was so good in the summer. You're thinking, okay, gosh, don't get ahead of yourself. And then the pads went on and up here at camp, and he's like better. And then in the game, he was really good. So I think the Chiefs have something with this guy. But you, you'll you hear him now, and you'll think he could be governor of Iowa someday. <laughs> he is also excited because he's with a guy he's known a long time in Creed Humphrey, mm. the rookie starting center from Oklahoma. And now he is side-by-side side with the guy he's known for a long time, Trey Smith, the Chiefs' right guard. Dude, it's awesome playing with Creed. Uh, we're actually rooming right now. Uh, I've known Creed since almost like sophomore year of high school at a football camp we went to in Arkansas. Uh, so it's just funny how life works out at the end of the day. Uh, getting able to play with someone I went through the draft process with as well. Uh, I consider one of my close friends. So it's, it's been an amazing experience. I'm so happy he's here with me. Obviously, we have, I mean, major targets and threats out there, man. So if we get our job done, we're going to succeed at the end of the day. And, you know, there's an expectation we have to meet with Coach Heck, and he knows that, and he teaches us that every day. So we have to live up to those standards. But, you know, it's definitely a, a big task, but it's something we're ready to tackle on and uphold. Big, smart, tough, and with Creed, and if Niang hits at right tackle, you've got a right side of the offensive line that could be there a long time that are friends and working together and be like some of the better lines that we've seen in this league over the years. And to, to your point about that, Mitch, I mean, Niang opted out last year, so you got rookie at center, rookie at right guard, and essentially a rookie at right tackle. Uh, and this was a unit that needed to upgrade. And I'm, and you know what? As much as I read about them in the offensive line, I haven't read any, read any uh, gloom and doom. These guys aren't ready yet. Um, th- that that's encouraging to say the least. Well, in the baptism of fire, I'll come week one against the Cleveland Browns, who have a terrific defensive front. They made it even better in the offseason. And the other night, San Francisco didn't play Eric Armstead, didn't play Bosa, didn't play D. Ford. Those guys all hurt or injury rehabbing. But the second group were veterans, Arden Key, uh, Mo Hurst, guys that had started a lot of games for the Raiders in particular, and the offensive line accounted for themselves. It'll be something to continue to watch, especially on Friday night against Arizona, who's got a good defensive front, really good. Uh, but so far so good with this young offensive line and the Chiefs may have struck gold with Trey Smith. And it's not just what they have with the youth coming in, but the depth of this offensive line. That was maybe the craziest component of building this roster for 2021. Not just getting five starters to feel good about. Mitch, you know it as well as anybody. Depth along the offensive line. I look at a guy like Austin Blythe, the former Hawkeye. A swing guy, can play center, can play the guard position. Having that as a backup, it's a really good place to be. No kidding. Out of Williamsburg, Iowa, man. Uh, he, uh, yes. And we've been, uh, discussing and looking at it, though. You got 12 guys. Kyle Long will come back sometime off the injured list. So will Laredo Renee Tardif. 
Mike Remmers is already back, but you have 12 guys that you think are going to wedge into nine spots. There could be 10 offensive linemen kept, rare, and you need that spot for maybe an extra tight end or wide receiver or some guy on defense. This is going to get really interesting, guys. I'm not trying to create drama here at all, but there will be some tough cuts made on the O-line. Uh, you surprised me last week when you uh, were the, alerted me that Mahomes actually is going to play. Now he's only in for one series before they got him out in the, in the game at San Francisco. What are the plans? Is Reed let on how he's going to use his QB, his starting QB, on Friday night? Not yet. He hasn't revealed that yet. He may this afternoon uh, or he may tomorrow as we, we break camp. Uh, but I do not have that answer yet. I do have the answer, though. There were five cuts made this morning Uh one of maybe some consequence, but you know, the NFL is spreading these out now. It's not just one grog blog of cuts on, on Labor Day weekend. The tight end Evan Bayless, former Packer, was cut. Manny Patterson, DB down the line. Two wide receivers. Antonio Callaway, that's kind of the surprise one. A veteran. He played against the Chiefs last year as a Dolphin. And then Chad Williams and then Elijah McGuire, who's been a veteran, bounced around, actually had a catch on the winning drive the other night against San Francisco. He was cut earlier this morning. To tight end. And Travis Kelsey, we'll get to that in a moment, he's a different guy. First of all, how are you pronouncing his name this year? And secondly, why are people freaking out about his facial hair? (laughs) I have no idea. It was trending on Twitter last night. Like It it might be the sign of the apocalypse, (laughs) that where people are freaking out that he shaved off his mustache and beard, and, and they're like flipping out and like, driving their cars off the bridge like Thelma and Louise. Like, what are we doing, people? Let's just hang on. Uh, best tight end to ever play the game. I, mean, I have empirical data. I'll, make, I'll go to the Iowa Supreme Court and state my case. <laughs> it's what do you do with the rest of the guys? Blake Bell is back. He was good the other night, made a key block on the touchdown drive for the Chiefs. Uh, Noah Gray was disappointing. I've been bragging him off the rookie. We'll hear from him later in the week. But he was disappointing. He had a drop that led to a pick and a 49er field goal. And he had another catch. Looks like he could have made or has been making in camp but didn't make in the game. And then there's Jody Fortson. He's kind of a secret weapon. Uh, was wide receiver, moved him to tight end, big, 6'6", about 230. Uh, but the question is, do you keep four tight ends? And I would tell you on August the 17th, if it's me, I would. They might keep four tight ends on this team, and all four could be up on any given Sunday. Uh, Papa John's, uh, Mitch Holtis, it's time uh, to talk about the Donaldsons and what they do and the specials they've got going on. Well, Iowans need to know what they're about, and they're just wired that way. I, I, I don't, they don't want me to brag on them, but I'm going to brag on them. Uh, they've got the Papa John's franchises. Their managers are great. But what they do for JDRF and for Leukemia Lymphoma Society have been amazing uh, throughout Des Moines and the state of Iowa. But they've, here we go, Friday night football again, and it's a big night for mm. Papa John's. And, and going to papajohns.com, they've got the one-top special. You can check that out. Or, as I've talked about the last three weeks with you guys, this Parma Papadilla that can be great for lunch. Uh, you don't even have to have a nap. You can have it and still be ready to go. So, uh, anyway, appreciate them and Papa John's. Appreciate you, Mitch Holtis. We'll do this again tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. I'm just Tyreek just had a touchdown. So, all right. Imagine that. Imagine right, that. See you guys. See you. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hour two coming up next. Michael Swain on Iowa State at about 1120. Miller and Condon, 1460 and 106.3 FM.